I'm Stefan Bauman. I would like to invite you on a special journey to discover the splendor, encounter the grandeur, feel the excitement. Come along with me as we experience the thrill of painting outdoors. A three-day journey that will change your art forever. In one of America's most stunning locations, Mount Shasta. Everything you need to know is on our website, www.stephenbauman.com. I enjoy plein air painting, and when I look at the plein air painters, for the most part I see them painting pretty idyllic mid-afternoon paintings. <coughs> I mean, if you look at most plein air painters and you look at their, 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 their artwork and their websites and stuff, it kind of looks like they like to get up somewhere around 9 or 10, have a leisurely breakfast, and then they go out and paint kind of on a perfect ideal day. And then before it gets cold or windy or too hot, they'll pack up and go home and have some drinks at the bar and have dinner. Fair, you mean fair weather? They're all fair weather painters, yeah. Kind of like the same people who usually take photographs of postcards. If you ever notice postcards, they're always like just midday. And a lot of times what happens with plein air painters is that you know, we enjoy going out and painting when it's really pretty. And we choose not to go out when it's not. But there's such a wonderful essence to go out and capture weather. If you want your work to stand out as a plein air painter, it's not a bad idea to actually be a plein air painter that goes out and paints in the snow. Mm -hmm. Some of my best paintings were painted uh, Christmas on a snowbank in Yosemite, freezing to death at sunrise. It's really an awesome experience. I love to tell about it. I'd still do that. that there used to be a contest um, uh, for arts in the parks, and one of the first uh, uh, arts and parks contest that I had participated in, that one of the winners, which really blew me away, was this horrible painting. <laughs> Absolutely horrible painting. And the title was called 90 Miles an Hour in the Wind. 
And so when you saw the title, you could see, wow, that was a challenge. And when you saw the painting, that justified what you were looking at. You know, it was just this, you know, painting that was just blowing away. All the, there was a tree on the cliff and it was just kind of like, and somehow it was, it was bad, but it was exciting. And I remember it, I'm still yeah. talking about it, right? And so, you know, when you think about planar painting, you think about planar painters, the first thing that I hear a lot of times, well, you know, I have a lot of painters that live in Florida. And they're, I try to go, well, go out there and paint. And they go, first thing they say, well, there's nothing to paint in Florida, which after a few months of phone coaching, I realized they're right, but you know, it is beautiful there. It is beautiful there. Um, but it's interesting because a lot of people in Florida go to Florida to escape, you know, they move there when they retire because they're like in New York and northern, um, the northeastern states, the snow, snowbirds. But they eventually retire down there. And so here um, in where we live right now, like today we have this incredible snowstorm coming in and uh, we experienced that, they're down there and in summertime they don't go out to paint because it's too hot. So I asked my students, so why don't you go out and paint? They go, are you kidding? It's 120 degrees and 100% humidity. Well, yeah, nobody goes out of that. And so they're just caught up and bound in summertime with the heat as we're up here with the cold. And yeah? And the wind and the snow and everything else. No, it's not. I, you know, I'd rather paint where it's cold. I don't like the heat necessarily. But the thing is, no matter where you are, there you are. And the thing is, if it's windy or snowy or cold, it actually adds an element to your painting that's actually much more interesting. If you want to improve your paintings, it's nice to have a beautiful lighting effect. But there are a few things that artists fail to think about when they're going out to paint. So you go out trying to find a nice location to paint. A lot of times we're looking for the ideal situation, you know, where it's comfortable to be in, the weather and all that. But sometimes it's more interesting to capture not just a pretty scene, but try to capture the essence of being there. And part of that is like rain or snow or wind. So the homework assignment this week was to try to create the effect of wind in your painting. Um, for me, mm -hmm. I, I chose uh, umbrellas in the wind, mm -hmm. and then I chose three different photographs to try to put together. So that was a challenge trying to get scales. I just right. saying. <laughs> just, yeah. So like three different people with umbrellas, or just? Yeah, two people with umbrellas, and then a background scene. With a thing. Yeah. Did you find it was kind of hard to find photographs that illustrated the effect of wind? Did you Google like yeah, Google, um, yeah. trees with wind? Palm Hello. Trees, lots of palm trees blowing. Yeah. yeah. Well, that would actually be an effect too, is to have, yeah. you know, the palm trees, that's one of the great things about palm trees is that they do flex in the wind. Um, anyone else had kind of an interesting observation? But it's a picture of 
My alpaca looking in the window and his hair was blowing the wind and he was standing still. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, so, so that would be one. Yeah, that's one thing that I did a painting of a bear that was, uh, I called it a curious bear because it was actually a bear in the national parks. And he would come down a lot to the parks and the park rangers were, were uh, friendly with the bear. He was a grizzly bear, but he was very friendly. And he would always stay away from the campers. And so they kind of call him, he was bear 667 or something, I can't remember what it was, but um, he'd always stay away from the campers and campgrounds so that the people were really comfortable with him being there. I painted him when I heard that he was shot by one of the hunters because he felt threatened. I don't know if you're out there hunting and you come across a bear, you know, you shouldn't feel too threatened. You're out there doing that. You're in their element. But he felt he had to shoot this bear and I felt really sorry for the bear so I kind of did an homage painting and I put I put uh, the bear on a stump. I created a lot of wind in his fur. So putting wind in the fur is a really good way to, to, to kind of capture that too. So you're always looking for something that catches that. You could have hair, you know, in a portrait. Um, and when you, or grass, you know, there's a lot of the grass. Even snow can whisper. How many of you did like a snow scene whisper? So did you capture the essence of wind or does it just look like a lot of snow? Hmm? Maybe, you'll have to see what it looks like in the painting. But capturing another element, now the, another element would be, we have wind, we have rain. Yeah. Rain would be another element. When you start bringing in other elements of storm and stuff, you actually are kind of above the, 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 the grade scale of, of, instead of just painting pretty scenes, if you just paint storm scenes, incoming storms, rainstorms, anything like that. What's really beautiful, I did a painting in Colorado and it's the, you could tell it's windy and the rain was coming over the mountain and you could see the wind was blowing because all of the, so all the lily pads were lift up and, and all of the little plants were like, yeah, kind of like, yeah, you could tell this because it was um, this really great peak in this, but all the lily pads were like, <laughs> and the water was rolling in. And even the effect of water on top. I mean, all of those things make a still life painting well, like a landscape painting that seems like a still life, actually move. If we look at painters like Beerschot and stuff, a lot of their elements in their painting were the incoming storms. I mean, those were really what was exciting. I mean, these pretty little idyllic Thomas Kincaid kind of perfect cottage paintings, they're nice, but they're like everybody else's little plein air paintings. And when I hear artists going, oh no, I don't go out when it's raining, I don't go out when it's cold, it's like, yeah, actually, try it. It's kind of fun. It's kind of fun to try to hang on to the edge of a cliff at 90 miles an hour. Yeah, but you know, life is boring if it's just everything's just air conditioned and perfect either. I mean, ask the people in, in Miami, you know, they sit inside when it's all hot inside. It's like, ah, too much of a good thing too isn't good. Truthfully, the only thing that pisses me off more than anything when I plain air painting, I can handle anything except wind. I hate the wind. So your subject this week was, it's just, I, I, you know, it, when it's windy, I just get pissed off. I don't like wind. I don't like wind in my ears. I don't like gusts of winds. I have been out painting. I was painting um, Mount Whitney one time at a big canvas. Beautiful day. And I, I was out there painting on location, Mount Whitney, and I got the whole thing done. 
and the painting came, the wind came all of a sudden down off that hill without warning and boom, the whole painting just, and just came on me. There was a, I was covered with paint, you know. So, I'm, I, it's no fun, yeah, but in a way if you can anticipate. Another thing too is like, you know, I've, one time I was down at the Grand Canyon and it was a midday hot, hot day at the Grand Canyon. And it was midday, and everything was just baking. There was no effect of light except that flat light. And I was out there and I said, ah, this sucks. But then I thought, you know what? I'm going to try to paint that effect. Just paint midday hot weather. <coughs> that in itself becomes kind of an interesting thing in itself. And the painting turned out quite interesting. It's more interesting to me because when I look at it, it recreates my day. And a lot of times when we go out on location, it really is about us collecting our own memories. And so when I view this painting, it's one of the paintings I wouldn't sell because it immediately brings me right back to being there. And oftentimes it is the weather, the temperatures, the things you endure that actually cause you to recall the, the environment. If you go out and paint on a really hot day and you look at that painting, it might not mean a lot to other people, but it will bring you right to a place. When I look at my Yosemite scenes, people go, well, it's just a Yosemite scene. No, for me, it was standing on a snowbank, freezing, you know, just jumping into that car and trying to warm up. And so it's like, you know, that that's what I recall. I could never sell those paintings because they really kind of create the human element. So those challenges, the paintings that you had to fight for, when I've gone to the parks and painted in the snow, trying to get a painting before I had to be you know, forced into the car, those are the days that I re really remember most when I go out and play in our paint. The other ones just become kind of a blur. It's like looking at life from, from your couch. It's those really special days and that heightened sense of being alive, trying to paint and, and create something when for the most part it's almost impossible, kind of puts an edge onto your painting that makes it extraordinary. So I know a lot of you painted your wind scenes from photographs, but how awesome would it have been if you actually would go out right now and paint and find something. Remember, it's always about effects. And so we have the effects of light in our paintings, but we also have the effects of storms, of temperature. I don't know, it might be kind of exciting to go paint in a volcano or an earthquake. <laughs> a tsunami, that would be exciting. <laughs> anyway, what wind feels like. You've got to watch out when you're painting that, you know, we kind of feel, oh, it's just a blur like this. But visually, what's going on? Yeah, there's, there's kind of an energy. And even if, even if it's just ever so slight, it could be just, you know, grasses and, and maybe a couple of weeds. Um, Monet painted, there were a couple of paintings that Monet painted of people on the beach. And you could see they're kind of holding their hats and there's a couple of, of uh, ribbons that are, are hanging off their, their clothing. And it's just enough, and you kind of feel like there's air in there. And I think people forget that in a painting. They forget to paint that part of it, because it's part of being there. 
it's not just a visual thing, it's actually an experience. Um, what I would like to have seen, the only thing that this painting lacks is just some place that is a little more illustrated. A little bit more, uh, this center focal point which should have been added here, and probably just a little bit more refined uh, lily pads in there. I like the overall effect of, of the whole thing, but my eye just wanders around looking for someplace that we want to settle, you know. I kind of feel like I'm walking by this and not paying attention. And that's, that's the thing you don't want to do in a painting. In a painting, what you want to do is that it's, it's a casual, you know how we walk and we just kind of look at things and we walk and, and then all of a sudden we look over and we go, oh. And then you go, hey, look, Sue, look at that. And Sue looks at, oh my God, that's beautiful. That's what, you gotta have that, in that sea of life, you gotta have that, look at this. It doesn't have to be too much, but it has to be more than what you have in here. It looks like it's coming straight down. Oh, it's much more effective if you have your light coming from the left or from the right. Otherwise, it kind of ends up looking like a pillowcase. When putting the light in, you can glaze and fix things, but you're always better off thinking about lights and shadows while you're putting them on. Think about it, I'm going to bring the light in. So when you go in, you kind of put the lights and shadows in. I mean, you've got some light in here, you've got some shadows, um, but I'm not quite sure if the light wants to be this way or that way. And sometimes just consciously committing yourself. And then you kind of start putting your highlights in where on the left side of whatever it is that you're putting in. You're kind of just more aware of it. So it's kind of a little late for that unless you really kind of have to repaint the whole thing. But never really start a painting without really knowing, is my light on the left or on the right? And what's interesting, when I do phone coaching, I'll ask the students, I'll say, so which direction is the light coming from? And seriously, that's the first time they think about it. They go, I don't know. And I go, really? It's so crucial in a painting. And it's so crucial not to have the light coming straight down. So you want to be up in the morning. This, Huh? Yeah, and that's not the most, that's, you know, and a lot of what happens with a lot of planar painters, they have really good intentions. So they want to get up at six, but realistically artists are kind of like priests. They don't want to get up until eight anyway. So they might get up at seven and then they kind of start rolling out and they go, ooh, donuts would be good. So they'll stop and pick up a couple of donuts. So it's nine o'clock by the time they get on location. And then they start painting for a while and eating donuts. And then by the time they get to the finished pro, you know, finished part of it, they're highlighting midday. And that's why when you look at a lot of planar painters, it's just boring because there's this flat light. You always want to create lights and shadows. And so it's not just the light that you have to be aware of, but you also miss the shadows. So like if you're in the morning, you have a little different thing going on inside there. Or if it's an evening, it's another, you know, another thing. And it's so subtle. So subtle to do that, but it's so crucial. So always before you start, you should always decide, where's my light coming from? The light's the most important thing you can do in your painting. And then you have to be consistent. It's 9 a.m. light when you start it. At 12 o'clock, you need to remember what it was like at night. One thing that weather does, and I mentioned it a little earlier, but one thing that weather does is that it puts us to a place in time. You can kind of recall, because there are certain things. Remember when we had the fires around here? Yeah. 
and I ask you to try to recall what it smelled like and what it felt like, immediately put you right into that panic, how you felt. And the tears, yeah. Whatever, but that state of mind when you're there. <coughs> Same thing with these weather, because you know, I'm, I'm familiar with weather because I grew up in Lake Tahoe, so we had tremendous storms, and I've traveled on the parks in the middle of winter, and so I know what it's like, especially hauling a trailer. And you get to certain parts and you wonder, am I going to survive this? Mm -hmm. And that really makes you heightenedly present. And when you try to sit and recall that, you really start pulling from areas that are in, in your mind, you know, that are just really more vivid. And so by trying to recall painting in a storm, you know, you might hate it, the, the work might be horrible, but when, you're, when you are called to work on something a year later, you can just remember what it was like to be on a past painting in 90 miles an hour wind, and immediately will put you right back there and you'll know exactly what it is that you saw, even though you weren't conscious of it while you were doing it. And a lot of times when I see you painting, I don't see you connecting with the subject matter. I don't really feel like you're there, you're kind of looking at, well, where the light should be here, the shadows should be there. There isn't a connection to it. This one I feel like you're connected, and this is the, that kind of connection I want to see in all of your paintings. Yeah, because that's what we want to see. It's got to come from inside. Okay. Um, and then the color. Now, you've got to kind of watch out when you're working with textures. One of the things that I have students work on, and it's going to be part of your homework this week, but um, palette knife paintings, we have a tendency to want to put a lot of paint on. And I think that's good. It's a good way because a lot of uh, painters don't put enough paint on as, as, as it is. When it comes right down to it, when I'm painting, um, and I go outdoors, I always have my palette knife ready. I always paint with my palette knife ready. Um, but the problem is if you get too much texture, because in an area like this, we would actually not have texture. And you, in your studio, you might not see it, but look at the texture that, you know, and that becomes very distracting. So you've got to kind of always remember that the light comes down, usually from above down. And so you've got to kind of always make sure that when you're painting, that you, with, with texture and palette knife, that you are putting in an area that is going to be okay with texture. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes in sky, it's not really a good idea because these textures in here kind of are distracting. It almost looks like a wave with all of the, the textures in there because you have shadows under everything. So in palette knife painting, usually in the background you want to stick with brush and more palette knife in front. If you're going to put palette knife in the back, you've got to kind of, uh, you've got to take down the texture some and get better transitions. Mm -hmm. So this is, while it's wet, I would take my knife and just kind of push it so that you get the textures off of it because I think it would reveal actually a little bit of light. And if you can get that, that surface to be flat, it actually will illuminate. You know, and that's what you want, is, that, is if the light's hitting that. Mm -hmm. And because it's flat, it doesn't have any pimples or anything like you do in other parts of the painting where it's thin. It actually reflects. So like if you're painting clouds and you want to illuminate the clouds, normally you see that in the center of the clouds is really illuminated. You need to put a lot of paint in there to cover all the pores of the canvas and then flatten it out and it becomes like a sheet of glass. And it takes the light in the room and pushes it back at the viewer. 
Um, the dark shadows are caused because of all the cloud formations that come through. Um, you've got to watch that you're not haloing everything. And then the lights that are peeking through, again, you have sun coming from the right-hand side, and it's coming through clouds. And so these wafts of, of, some of them are light, some of them are in shadow, but some of them might even be the mountains that are lit. So you've got little spotlights memories that I can remember growing up. Yo, and we were talking about, you know, catching the school bus, and you know, there are places that no longer have school buses anymore. But uh, we were fortunate in Lake Tahoe, we would have, uh, we had a bus, a bus stop. You know, one of my biggest fears growing up, you know, my nightmares at night, was that I would get on the bus and I was just wearing socks. <laughs> you know, like I had forgotten to wear my shoes. I don't know why that's a real... But one of, my, one of my fond memories, I must have been first grade, kindergarten, really small, is that um, we went out with the bus, my mom went out with us, and with my sister and I. And it was like this. It was just hell had just opened up in Lake Tahoe and it was snowing like crazy. And I remember my mom having this big winter coat over us. And I remember looking up at my mom in that windstorm, just and trying to like shelter her two babies. And it was like, I remember that so clearly. And it's because it's such a, the, the winds and, and you know, the horribleness of the weather and then, you know, a mother trying to, to like protect. And that's like one of my most fondest memories growing up. Wow. And I can remember just to that day. I love that. Yeah, I just, that's one of my, if they ever said, what is one of your fondest memories? That was that. And it's just probably just an eighth of a second that I was conscious enough to look and see my mom standing there. Protecting. In the windstorm. Yeah, protecting me. That. And so storms really put us someplace. Your feeling of going out there and walking and remembering the impact of that snow. Because again, you're like painting what, I felt. what you felt and not what you were saying. And that's really, the, that's really the essence. I don't want you to go out and paint, you know, try to find pictures that look like something. I want you to draw on memories and it's okay to, to, to find photographs to support that. But you need to be someplace to create that feeling. You need to be there. You need to be present to get that. And that's what you said. You went out and you felt it, is to kind of think about that. Think about when you experience something, not just a picture that has that, not another photographer's day, you know, when they're out there doing things, but when you experienced weather, what was that like? Try to remember, were you in New Orleans? Were you in, in Miami? Were you in Alaska? Were you in Europe? And remember a time when you really should have been inside and you were outside. And remember where that was and try to close your eyes and try to relive that. And in the process of reliving it, I'm not asking you to go out and, and, and paint outdoors. But you could find photographs that relate to that feeling, stay close to your feeling. Stay close to that, that, that emotion that you have inside. And when you're painting other places that might not be that place, try to be more in here, like you were, than just trying to render the photograph because it has wind in it. Life, painting is autobiographical, it's about your life. And when you start connecting your feelings, your, your experiences, and your paintings from inside, 
And even if you're painting from photographs, if you can find a connection with it, your work's going to rock. Most of the time, most artworks are disconnected. I um, used to give out Granvy Awards, GV Awards, and students had to endure certain things <laughs> to get. So like, if you wanted to become a Granvy, and I, you know, when I was in the Bay Area, I had a group of students, they were literally working to get there, and, and when they got it, we, had, we didn't have ribbons, we had medals. And I had this beautiful Grandview medal that I custom made out of bronze and gold gilded with this beautiful strap. Um, and we'd have a show every year, and I would issue out one or two of these every year to my special students. And my students would all try to figure out how would they get into the special GV group, and they could put GV on their, on their paintings. I should redo that again. Um, and they would all try to figure, so they'd say, well, what, how, what do I have to do? I said, well, you have to attend some of my plainer things, and you have to have good attendance in class and do some homework. You'd have to wash my car at least once. <laughs> no. But I remember we were in Yosemite on Tioga Pass, and it was late September, and, and literally they closed the pass behind us. And we were up on the hill, and sleet and snow was coming down. Snowflakes the size of silver dollars were coming down. And it was bleak and cold, and we were painting uh, Tuolumne up there. And, it, you know, and then one of the students I remember, she said, I better get my GV award after this. <laughs> but I, is that the north entrance? That is the east entrance. That's the entrance that goes over to Mono Lake. And I want you to get the feeling of that storm coming in. It can rain. You know, it could be rain over there. We don't have to be in it. But the wind's coming in. I want you to kind of feel, you know, try to recall something that's more personal. Remember come some of the stories that I told you about? I want you to come in and say, well, yeah, I, didn't, I found some parasines and people were... Now, I don't want you to think about that. I want you to think about, yeah, this is when my husband and I were out someplace. And it, this, this is what it felt like. And then try to recall somewhat from your memory, because I'm trying to get you to paint from your heart. And the ones of you that were doing that, your paintings were awesome, because it had soul in it. Yeah? You can paint that emotion. You can paint planar paintings that go beyond just pretty little gardens. Paint the effect of something coming in that is bigger than you. If you'd like to try coaching for yourself, whether you're a beginner or an advanced painter, please don't hesitate to give me a call at 415-606-9074. Join us on our website at www.thegrandview.org and get more information about our show. There you can download our free book, Everything You Need to Know About Outdoor Painting.